Hi, my name is Sydney, and when I was a young boy, my father took me into the city. I don't like where this was going. To see a marching band. He said, son, when you grow up. I have up. the mental capacity to do this right now. <laughs> Are you going to finish? Mm-mm. All yeah, right. it'll go on for a really long time if I, oh, if I try okay. to finish that. That's like yeah. a four-minute song. So. Hi, my name is Maya. I was never an MCR kid, <laughs> nor Pierce the Veil, nor Paramore, none of it. But all of my friends were, I was the lucky one. I yeah, was saved. Uh, yeah, I, I would say that. You, that's correct. But you know what? You got some BTS head rot, so you... Listen, Later it's, in life. it's definitely far less than what it was in high school, but yeah, in high school it was yeah. pretty bad. It's just a different brain rot. It's just, it's just, it just right. But MCR brain rot was like, I'm 12 and I'm actually about <laughs> to kill myself. Question yeah. mark. Whereas BTS brain rot was like, wow, pretty boy. Yeah, yeah. They sing real good. Okay, um, we'll get into that in a second. I have uh, like some fan fiction news that we just. We'll get right through before we talk about my need to kill myself as a 13-year-old. So, for one, Tumblr is allowing titties again. I did see that. Huge. Naked nude photos. Huge. Still not allowing, like, full porn, but we're making considerable steps. Yeah, for sure. Considerable. Um, I'm pretty sure at this point they went, Twitter is dying in front of our eyes and we have to do something. Is Twitter dying? Do you um, think that? I- I don't personally, but if Elon Musk implements everything that he said he's going to do, right. then yes. Yeah, that's fair. My everyday Twitter? No, it's totally fine as it is right now. But if he starts implementing, like, paying for verification and, like... That's fucked um, up. That's so yeah, fucked. That's so fucked up. And, like, he, I also saw that he was thinking about, like, um, removing inactive accounts, which, like, can be people who are, like dead <laughs> just straight up like don't like aren't alive and that's like their memorial account right yeah so if he starts like actually implementing those which honestly is a 50 50 for me just about how much elon musk has said he was going to do and it hasn't mm-hmm. so it's 50 50 but i still like that tumblr went we can do it again we can be that bitch we can be that bitch we can be that bitch and then uh, just another one, uh, there is another fan fiction inspired novel coming out that I would like to inform the world about. So this one is by Julie Soto, aka LovesBitka8 on AO3, who is the author of The Auction, which is an incredibly popular Draco Malfoy ex uh, Hermione Granger fan fiction with 1.4 million views and 22,000 kudos. So they're very well known in that sphere. And um, they're publishing Forget Me Not in July of 2023. So that's nice. super exciting. The okay. novel follows wedding planner Ama, who is excited when she lands her biggest clients yet. Um, but when her ex-boss sabotages her by blocking out vendors, she finds herself working with grumpy florist Elliot. The only problem is that Ama broke his heart a while back and hasn't spoke since. And their chemistry has not lessened in the intervening years. So Soda told uh, EW that despite the auction being her biggest success on AO3, the book is definitely more of a Raylo inspired story. And while the story is still not fan fiction, it is an original story by Soto. She is still bringing some of the fan fiction world along with her. Her cover is designed by Nikita Jobson, one of Soto's longtime fan artists. Nikita is a fan fiction artist who Soto has worked with a lot in the Harry Potter fandom. She drew the first piece of art for the auction and she would draw, if she was inspired by Soto, she would draw art and then Soto would create fan fiction for it. And Soto said that highlighting this, uh, highlighting that this is a love language that the whole world doesn't necessarily understand is like a little community, almost like an inside joke in a way or an Easter egg, I should say. Hmm. So very cute. I cannot wait to read it. Love when fanfiction authors get their shot. Thank you so much. True. So yeah, and especially someone like The Auction, which I have heard of. It's um up there in like very big and like very popular Dromini fix. Mm-hmm. I mean, 1.4 million views alone, clicks alone on AO3 is pretty wild. But yeah, if uh, you didn't realize from my little spiel of the opening <laughs> couple lines of the Black Parade, I'm going to be talking about Tumblr bandum today. Oh, okay. So I, um, last month in October, I actually went to go see MCR for the very first time, which I don't even know how to explain it. Something between like, like if I would have told like 15 year old me that like in nine years she'd be seeing MCR live. Cause at that point, like they had already broken up. 
there was mm. like no chance for me because they broke up when I was not even like I think a preteen like they broke up when I was like 10 or something like right. no shot but I still was like super super into them so it was like one of those things of just like I don't know I don't know how I got here but like holy shit this is the best concert I've been to plus holy shit that's Gerard Wade in front of me plus like almost I would say, and not to be offensive because I grew up Catholic, but almost like how like very religious people feel in church. Mm -hmm. right? Like just an experience of just like euphoria. I don't know how to explain it. But while I was there, I saw a girl of my age. Um, she looked to be at least in her like mid to maybe late 20s who was like uh, had a sign that was just like, I survived Tumblr bandom for this specific night. And I was like, that's first of all, ingenious. Uh, second of all, you're right. And third of all, I want to know all about Tumblr Bandom now. Mm -hmm. So how much do you know about Tumblr Bandom? Because you, like you said, you weren't like an MCR girly. You weren't like... No, but like a lot of my friends were. And those were mm -hmm. the friends that got me into Tumblr. So I know okay. some about it. But again, I wasn't in it or anything. Right, right. And shockingly, I wasn't either. Even though I was into all of those bands like Panic at the Disco Fallout Boy, MCR, like you kind of said before, Pierce the Veil, Black Veil Brides, like all of those, you know, bands, Paramore, like I was into all of that. So I'm not really sure how I missed out, probably just staying on my own side of Tumblr, truly and honestly. But yeah, I decided that I just wanted to like half, half of the episode is like history and then half of it's going to be drama because I found mm -hmm. drama because nice. of course there is drama in Tumblr right. random. Um, so yeah, I was just interested and so of course i had to do the most amount of research on it so um if y'all don't know what bandom is bandom is a rpf or real person fiction fandom featuring specific groups of american bands the core three include my chemical romance fallout boy and panic at the disco but there were other bands like 21 pilots the cab gorillas and other music of that similar style i will say i never got into 21 pilots thank god for that <laughs> I, I won't explain further, but thank mm -hmm. fucking God. Yeah, I never got into 21 Pilots. Um, it just wasn't for me. I'll, it just didn't itch the same way that, like, MCR, like, Panic at the Disco did. Right. So, Bandom actually started on LiveJournal, believe it or not. Mm -hmm. And they've always kind of been RPF, specifically for the band or musicians. And Bandom started gaining traction around 2004 to 2006, when teenage music fans were writing real person fictions about the bands who played at Warp Tour. So Warp Tour was, I don't even, Warp Tour doesn't exist anymore, if I'm correct. I don't know. Uh, from what I remember, it does not. Yeah. So uh, Warp Tour ended a, like fully, fully and completely a couple years ago. But it was basically just like these emo, punk, pop, like rock, emo bands that would just do this music festival. And it was called Warped Tour. <laughs> they did like sponsorships or like collabed with Journeys because I'd see advertising for them like all the time. And I actually never got to go to Warped Tour, which I'm kind of sad and kind of happy about because I've heard horror. I've heard horror stories about Warped Tour. Mm -hmm. So, um, but yeah, so they you know gained popularity on LiveJournal because, as I mentioned before on our history of fanfiction.net episode, fanfiction.net banned real people fanfiction in September of 2002. So it had already been banned by the time Bandom was like starting. So they were just like, well, we're gonna jump on the LiveJournal Express. Other fans kind of congregated to their own message board, so they still kind of created their own websites, and then they cross-posted onto their live journal communities. The names for these live journal communities were crazy. So in 2004, there was a community called Rare Slash Pairs. Um, they were created for people who were sick of reading the regular Good Charlotte and mess stories out there and are looking for something a little different. Here you can post stories about bands that are not written a lot about or crossovers from different bands. So the first month of Rare Slash Pairs, fans posted a Fall Out Boy fic, a My Chemical Romance slash The Used crossover fic, a Messed slash The Used crossover, and a story about Jeff Rickley of Thursday. There was other bands that were posted that were popular at the time, and there were other communities such as Patrick X Peter, which is assumed to be the first Fall Out Boy slash community um, that was also created in July of 2004. And a few months later, the band-specific community My Chemical Slash was created. And they all have slash because obviously in terms of fan fiction, the slash is like the romantic mm -hmm, pairing right. while like the ampersand is the friendly one. 
So they were like slash communities. In 2005, Slash at the Disco for Panic at the Disco and Midnight Party for Fall Out Boy were also created. But as it always does, when some form of media got popular, teenagers and children showed up. So in response, adult fans created several smaller communities, often friends locked and with moderate membership to keep out bad fic and teenagers. Yeah, Chemical, an MCR community, was created in 2005. Damn You Wenst, a multi-band community that was a significant factor in defining fandom and encouraging its growth, was created in 2006. And in 2007, Wemo underscore Closet was created alongside similar lines as Damn You Winced with looser membership requirements. So those other communities, like I had said, they were locked. So you either had to know somebody or you had to have like a password of some sort Mm -hmm. to even get into these communities. Like not anyone could come in. They were very much gatekeeped for like a specific group of people who they wanted to be in these communities. Uh But communities like Wemo Closet, they had looser memberships. So in July 2007, fans discussing Damn You Wenst's restrictive membership policy noted that the explosion of Bandom on LiveJournal had already rendered these early closed communities irrelevant. So they created new Bandom communities with no restrictions, including Band slash Media and Band Flesh. And I read a quote that said, Bandom grew exponentially almost overnight. In the beginning, when it was a relatively small group of people in the fandom, there were set rules and standards that were similar to other online fandoms. There were a few centralized elders slash BNFs, and they and their friends created the communities, hosted the challenges, and established the rules. And then suddenly, the number of people in the fandom had ballooned dramatically. When that happened, a lot of the early fic writers stepped backwards and away for various reasons. So in Bandom, there are technically two waves. Um, So in 2007, fans were already distinguishing between the two waves of band slashers, the early smaller groups and the 2007 flood of newcomers. Makes Me Wanna Die described the second wave of fans getting into Bandom as through the existing fans rather than through their initial interest in the music, which is like kind of normal for communities, right? Like there's the initial fans who liked the show or the music or the movie or whatever and then there's people who see them having fun and then also just want to have fun which can be good and can be bad having lots of people in a fandom is like really fun obviously when there's like small fandoms it's uh sometimes difficult when you go into like fine fan fiction there's like 12 fix but obviously with more people there's more problems because there's always that percentage of people who ruin the fun for everyone else i mean so from There always are, always. And Bandom was absolutely not an exception to this rule in the slightest. So from later vantage points, some fans describe the history of Bandom as consisting of the two main waves of fans, the first circa of 2006 to 2009 and the second circa of 2010 to 2013. So in 2012, one live journal fan contrasted neo-Bandom with old Bandom, commenting by 2010, Bandom was nothing what it once was. The rise during 2011 to 2012, however, has given me hope that it isn't dead. So the most popular pairings during 2006 to 2009 wave were Pete X Patrick, which were known as Peterick, mm. Brendan and Ryan, who were known as Ryden, and Frank slash Gerard, which was Ferrard. I had never heard of any of these names before. Uh, yeah, I had, I had heard of a couple of them. Yeah, I knew that they were shipped but I had never really got into the actual ship. Real people fan fiction was never my cup of tea, even when I was younger. It's a whole different ballgame. It is a whole different ballgame. And um, obviously it's not just in Bandom. Like, wasn't there one with like Markiplier and Jacksepticeye for like a really long time? Yeah. Yeah. And of course, Dan and Phil was a huge real person fan fiction ship. How can anyone forget about Larry, Harry Styles and Louis Tomlinson? Mm-hmm. Um, so it'll continue to be a thing. And I guess, I don't, isn't there, is, there's like a discussion online whether like the Dream SMP is considered real person fan fiction or not because they're like characters. Right. I would still consider it just because of the sheer amount that they stream. Right. Like, so it's, it's a lot. Yeah. So, but real person fan fiction is going to exist whether people like it or not. So this was just it for Bandom. So during this first wave, Panic at the Disco was the most popular band for fanfic, but when they split up in 2009, the fandom diminished considerably. 
So Fall Out Boy, they went on an indefinite hiatus in 2009 along with Panic at the Disco, which tanked a lot of the inspiration and motivation to continue the fandom. But in 2010, My Chemical Romance's new album, Danger Days, The True Lives of the Fabulous Killjoys, ushered in a second wave of fans and spawned a lot of fix set in the world of the concept album. So since you weren't really into My Chemical Romance, mm-hmm. this album, Danger Days, they had a, a series, I guess, of music videos in which... I do, I do know about this. Okay, you do. Okay, yeah. sick. Then just to inform the viewer or the listener, Danger Days is a kind of whole concept album. My Chemical Romance does this frequently. They did it for the Black Parade album too, where there's like a whole story behind it. Mm -hmm. But Danger Days really leaned into it by having a whole bunch of music videos that had like characters to them. So that kind of broke away from real person fan fiction because instead of having it be like Gerard Way, it was like his character in the Danger Days music videos. So MCR, because of this reason, was the most popular band in Bandom until their breakup in 2013. Currently, there are 19,797 My Chemical Romance fics, 11,340 Fall Out Boy fics, and 8,350 Panic at the Disco fanfiction on AO3. So there's definitely a favorite here. <laughs> so around this time, the Unholy Verse gained popularity. Have you ever heard of the Unholy Verse? No. So <laughs> it is an incredibly popular series of fan fictions by Beckless that became very revered in fandom spaces. It is one of the most well-known and beloved verses in fandom, and it is derived from the title of the very first fic, I Have Been All Things Unholy. So I'm not really sure if... It was originally supposed to only be one fic and then it turned into something else because it's it's not like a multi-chapter fic. It's like one fic, one one-shot, and then another one-shot, and then another one-shot in this mm-hmm. series. Okay. So Bexless describes the unholy verse in the series as religion, horror, exorcisms, piercing, and Gerard Wade as a priest. It is an AU based on the film Stigmata featuring members of My Chemical Romance, their then-manager Brian Schechner, and the members of Fallout Boy. So a little bit more context. The Unholy Verse is a priest AU. Hello, religious trauma. Or religious kink, whatever you have. With supernatural elements, including demonic possession and contains angst and pining. The main ship of this fic is Frank Eero and Gerard Wade. And as a whole, the verse can be described as a religious goth horror Frank slash Gerard love story where Gerard Wade is a priest. So like I said, it contains five works, each being a one-shot, and it overall has 186,000 words. The fic finished on July 30th, 2011, but Bexless kept writing until 2013, but mostly wrote for other fandoms. Strange one-shots in fandom or original works, until she broke fandom internet when she posted a brand new Frank Eero slash Gerard Way one-shot on July 29th, 2021, almost exactly 10 years after finishing The Unholy Verse. So she finished on July 30th, 2011, and posted a brand new one shot July 29th, 2021. There were full articles on like blogs about her coming back and mm-hmm. like writing something new. It was like kind of crazy. But I mean, I get it if she's this huge name and then she doesn't write for like 10 years and then all of a sudden she's back. Like another very like holy grail fan fiction in fandom was The Heart Rate of a Mouse by Arctic Grey, also known as Anna Green. So The Heart Rate of a Mouse is a three-volume, 500,000-word-plus Ryan slash Brendan fic set in the 1970s in an AU where Ryan is a famous musician and Brendan is his roadie. It was originally posted on LiveJournal, but was reposted on AO3 by the author in 2017. In 2013, Anna Green began selling a print version of the series through Lulu, and in 2018, Green said that she would be revising the work and do an original fiction series, but as of March 25th, 2019, the rewrite is officially on hiatus. So who knows if we will ever see that. It's kind of sad, but, you know. You can still read it on AO3. So the heart rate of amounts is considered a fandom classic, especially for Ryan Ross and Raiden fans, but because it was not uploaded on AO3 until 2017, it is impossible to know how many hits it accumulated in its previous years. But to know that some fans have gotten thrown, which is the abbreviation, inspired tattoos. They have edited unrelated Wikipedia pages to include parts of Throm's plot and mm-hmm. added Throm's references and quotes to the Chelsea Hotel's graffiti-covered plaques and walls, 
you can just tell how much of an impact that this fic made. Fuck yeah. Yeah. It's like kind of crazy to see where it's just like people have gone to this hotel, which I haven't read. It's 500,000 words. It's very long. And have like, I'm pretty sure this Chelsea hotel is a big part of the fic, but have gone there and like graffitied it in solidarity with like their favorite fic is like crazy. Even just the tattoos in general, like you have to love something to get Mm -hmm. it tattooed on your body. real. So the heart rate of a mouse had been pushed onto members of Panic at the Disco as well as other bands. And this is where we get into parts of real people fan fiction that um, generally is the bad part. I think, at least my personal opinion, Maya, I don't know what yours is, but I think like real person fan fiction is like fine as long as you're not like trying to shove it down that person's throat or like sending it to them on Twitter, or like mm-hmm. if you're just generally keeping it to yourself, like whatever, man. You know what I mean? Yeah, I feel like mm, real person fix. At least for me, like if they're setting an AU of some kind, uh-huh. then I'm okay with it. But sure. if it's just like their day to day, and like you make comments about like their their partner, or their spouse, right. or something. Then I get weird about it because it's like, Ugh. I un- I feel that because in so after, which is like the very fucking popular Harry Styles OC fan fiction mm-hmm. that was like made into books and movies and everything. Right. That one <laughs> I understand because that one makes me uncomfortable because they added like Harry Styles' actual mom into that fic. Yeah, and I think for a lot of it, I know especially in Bandom. A lot of their wives and their girlfriends were not in the public eye in the slightest. Mm-hmm. I know that Gerard Wade's wife is in, like, a band of her own. So she's kind of subjected herself to the public for, like, being in her own band. Right. But a lot of the rest of these band members, not even in, like, the big three, their wives and their girlfriends, they were just normal people. And, like, them being added to fix or them being, you know, written or headcanoned about like I understand where it's like they didn't ask for that mm-hmm. which again is how I feel when like Harry Styles's mother was added to after it's like why did you do that she didn't ask for that <laughs> for fun <laughs> for fun so yeah so this fic the heart rate of a mouse it was mentioned on Twitter by Dallin Weeks John Walker Vicky T and others Vicky T and Kelty who was Ryan's ex-girlfriend I think girlfriend at the time but mm. now ex-girlfriend are said to have read the fic, and Ryan Ross's Instagram comments are frequently inundated with references to the fic and comments about Raiden. We'll get into this a little bit later in the episode, but yeah, specifically, Ryan Ross and Brendan Urie got, like, some of the most amount of harassing about a ship I've ever seen. Next to, like, I think, like, Larry, like Harry Styles and Larry and Louis Tomlinson. Right. Anna, the author, Anna Green, eventually had to make a public statement about this issue, stating that fanfic is for fans, fan content is for fans. It is not for showrunners or canon authors or any real people who are fictionalized by a story. Throwing fanfic into the faces of any of these people is rude and inconsiderate. Look into the long list of instances where actors have been shown compromising fan art. Look into fanfic being read to actors in Comic-Con where people then laugh and mock fandom expressions of creativity. Realize how this is used to humiliate and belittle people who engage in fandoms and especially female-dominated fandom spaces. Which she's not wrong. Like, Mm -hmm. sorry. So shortly before MCR broke up, Fallout Boy came back together, creating more Pete slash Patrick fix. This is also the time that kicked off a small resurgence of one of the popular crossover pairings, Pete Wentz and Mikey Way, as many fans attributed one of the new Fallout Boy songs to a supposed relationship that they had in the past circa 2005, which happened fucking a lot, actually. Like, especially, again, I'll go back to Panic at the Disco. The amount of times that people were like, this song was written from Ryan Ross to Brendan Urie about some, like, wayward summer romance that they had. Mm -hmm. Crazy. So, kind of going into the second wave of bandom. So, there were multiple pushes to include new bands and singer-songwriters into bandom. Like I said before, one of the most notable of these is 21 Pilots whose rise coincided with the resurgence of Fallout Boy, and people often refer to My Chemical Romance, Fallout Boy, Panic at the Disco, and 21 Pilots as the emo quartet, as opposed to the emo trinity. 
So others include Halsey, Melanie Martinez, and occasionally Troy Sivan. However, referring to these artists as bandom is controversial because these artists rarely have personal or industry connections in MCR bandom. And I will say at the height of Tumblr bandom, extremely gatekeepy super gatekeeping yeah i do remember in a, that in a lot of ways even in the sense of like oh you think that like the new panic at the disco stuff is better mm, fake fan mm-hmm. which still happens now um but i remember it was like very bad during tumblr bandom like it was gross <laughs> just the amount of people who were like better than thou kind of mentality because they, yeah, they were like it purist. was giving pick me energy yeah it definitely was because they like the old stuff better or the old stuff meant more or X, Y, Z or like, oh, you weren't uh, an original fan. Like you were kind of like the hipster vibe where it's like, oh, I knew them before they got big, mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. So uh, the inclusions of Five Seconds of Summer in fandom was also contentious. Their connection with other pop punk acts made them appealing to some bandom fans. However, their sudden popularity made them a subject to fandom debate over whether they were a boy band or a rock band. There's like a lot of this. And honestly, at some point, it feels very exhausting to keep having these conversations. Mm -hmm. There was also a lot of LGBTQ and female representation that played into discussions um, around these pushes with some criticism around 21 Pilots inclusion centered around why they were being prioritized over groups like Paramore, which honestly, Paramore should have always been bandom. Always. The fandom continued running over several years, but there was a steep decline in participants in 2013, and it continued to shrink and fizzle out into 2019. Now, um, I'm going to kind of talk about fanfiction in bandom, because as we've kind of figured out, fanfiction was incredibly important in bandom, Mm -hmm. but the individuals who read and consumed fanfiction and fan content were incredibly invasive to the members of the band and the subjects of the fic that I kind kind of mentioned before. Um, so, Maya, have you ever heard of the fourth wall concept? Are we talking, like, movie fourth wall? Yeah, like, it's it's kind of, it kind of plays out the same. Okay, then yeah. In Bandom, the fourth wall kind of exists the same way as movies. So, the wall was supposed to be, the fourth wall, I should say, was supposed to be a wall that divided the fans from the members of the band in terms of fan content as to not force them to be subjected to fan fiction, fan art, especially subjective or risque ones, if they didn't want to be. It's a concept that has been around before fandom, but this fandom seemed to need this wall more than ever, and the wall would later be described as being more like a fringe curtain. That's how flimsy this bitch was. So there exist numerous occurrences of bands acknowledging fandom and commenting on fan activities, including Cobra Starship, All Time Low, My Chemical Romance, Fall Out Boy, and Panning at the Disco, with some good reactions, bad reactions, and different reactions. So All Time Low has famously said at one of their concerts, like mid-concert, they stopped to say, if you know the person or are the person who's writing those graphic novels about us, please keep them coming. I want that shit in stores, on shelves, because I think it would sell. But on the other end, Frank Eero of My Chemical Romance said, I've heard about it and I tend not to read it. I don't know. I think that one, I would be creeped out by reading about myself as a character in something. And then I would probably creep out the kids that write it because they don't want me to read it. Mm-hmm. Which, like, valid. Yeah. I know that I listened to a clip of um, the... God, I can't think of his name right now. But the lead singer from Blackfield Brides also kind of say the same thing where he was just like, yeah, I've seen it before, but it doesn't seem for me. So why would I read it? Right. So and then Patrick Stump, who was also an individual who was harassed indefinitely about fan fictions and especially about the Peterick ship. He said, come on, dude, fourth wall. Why would you think I'd like Peterick fanfic? Which, again, completely fair. Yeah. But... It did seem that the band members knew of this fourth wall and knew that it was being broken over and over and over and over again. So extensive debate among fans as to appropriate behavior relating to maintaining the fourth wall or not. There has even been an academic paper written about this topic entitled Bandom Ate My Face, The Collapse of the Fourth Wall in Online Fan Fiction. And the ship that I kind of mentioned before that I will be talking about is the Raiden or Brandon Yuri and Ryan Ross ship. Mm-hmm. So shippers, they believed that the two were involved in a relationship and that clues could be found in some of their songs. 
And years later, when Brendan came out as pansexual, it gave them fuel to the idea that something between the two may have occurred. And I know that there's already like a ton of drama around them about like why Ryan left the band, you know, that they're not friends anymore or whatever. Like, so there's already shit that like they don't need to be dealing with this too. And I think like a great quote to mention of someone who was in Bandom, I found on Reddit by a Reddit user, Shivers the Ninja, said, it's crazy to me that Ryan was still going after Panic at the Disco broke up. You would really think that it would kill people's dreams, but I guess not. I remember that leading up to the band's breakup, there was a number of incidents that led me to quite seriously believe that Ryan had cheated on his girlfriend with Brendan. And then when the band broke up, I was in belief that it had happened because Brendan and Ryan broke off the relationship. I don't believe it now, and I don't believe anything happened between Brendan and Ryan. Hmm. But it was just like this chokehold that they had on individuals. And I will say, I believe most of them to be teenagers, which I, I guess you still see now because you see with like Dream. I remember when his face reveal came out, people are just like, that's a gay man. Yeah, there's no need for that. It's so frustrating, too, especially when it comes to these like real people, because I don't know if you heard about it. But just recently, the the kid who played Nick on Heartstopper um he yeah he got harassed so badly that he finally was just like I'm bi are you people happy Mm -hmm. because he was just harassed constantly about his sexuality which is like not cool (laughs) like you'd think that like (sighs) I think it's frustrating but also interesting to look back at things like bandom which happened you know in the early aughts to early 2010s and realize that like people still act the exact fucking same. Like, no progress has been made. There's, like, not much else I can say except for, like, stop harassing people over their relationships or their sexualities because, who boy, would I hate to be the 18-year-old kid who'd have to come out and say that I'm bi because, like, one, I think that says a lot about, like, he's dating a person of the opposite sex, therefore people don't believe that he's bisexual. Um, (laughs) Which, as two bisexual people, is very frustrating. Yeah. But also just, like, people don't owe you that. Um, But anyways, diving deeper into this. Maya, have you ever heard of the milk fic? Nope. No? (laughs) I'm not sure that I do. Okay. Honestly, I'm surprised that you have it. Because it's, it's a very popular shock fic. So the milk fic involves the pairing between Brendan and Ryan and was written back in 2011 on LiveJournal. The author at the time went by Swirl Shake It Ups but also is known by Drusella underscore Ray or Drusilla Ryan. And like I said, it is infamous and has kind of evolved into being a shock fic along the same lines as Dipper goes to Taco Bell and the skin fic. Have you heard of any of those? Nope. (laughs) Damn, you, maybe your brain rot is not as bad as I think it is. Yeah, I think you think worse of me. I don't think I think worse of you. I think like these are things that like plenty of people, especially since you were on Tumblr a lot, would just like I mean, know a the lot, reference to. Yeah, but I was like mainly in the supernatural realm. Sure, sure. I think I kind of forget that. Sometimes I think you were just on like general Tumblr. No. Cause it was very, for- very specifically it's supernatural. <laughs> very specific Tumblr niche. Yeah. Yeah, because I feel like for a lot of shock fix, like, if you were just on general Tumblr, you would, like, get whisperings of it here and there. So you would have at least heard the words, like, the milk fic or, like, the skin fic, even if you were in, like, the Dan and Phil community. Mm-hmm. So the milk fic, I'm not going to di- deep dive into it because it it is a lot, um, but it is a slash fic about Brendan Urie and his lover, Ryan Ross, who use um, an enema with milk. Okay. The yeah. problem with this is mm-hmm. that a lot of shock fix is that they're supposed to be troll fix. Like, they're not supposed to be serious. Right. Um, but this one was not a troll fic. Oh. It was written with 100% sincerity, and the author genuinely found it erotic. And there was a sequel written to it. Okay. So that is, like, the one part of the milk fic that is incredibly different than most other shock fix. Or most other, like, crack fix In which, like, it wasn't just written for, like, hee-hee-ha-has. It was, like, written incredibly seriously. So, because of its quite odd nature, the fandom spread this fic around to other platforms, most notably Tumblr, which 
again, is why I'm really shocked that it didn't get to you because even with the milk fic, people were uploading the fic with different people inserted into like Brendan and Ryan's positions. So there would be like Harry and Louie or Dan and Phil and it would just yeah. be the same fic, but just different people. I also didn't read like smut for a really long time. Okay. You know what? Yeah. Then I, <laughs> because I, I was a child <laughs> and I was escaping the Mormon church. <laughs> so Whoops. it was very hard for me to consume that kind of content at the okay. time. That makes sense. Yeah. I was consuming content that I shouldn't have at the age of 12. Yeah. No, it was like, I, I very much was taking baby steps. Yeah. <laughs> Because of this, because it was being kind of like cop, it was kind of becoming a copy pasta at some point with some people realizing it was the milk fic. And then it was just like <laughs> Sam and Dean are inserted into it instead. <laughs> but like people knew it was the milk fic. But because of this, the author deleted the original fic around December of 2012 and made a call out post entitled Don't Message Me for the Milk Fic Anymore. She wrote, it's gone. I locked it and it's done. This is the fault of the assholes who stole it and I'm done dealing with their shit. If you don't want to contact someone, let them be. And then they listed out Tumblr URLs that they deemed to have stolen from them. And then wrote, there were more, but not all of my old emails exist. And some of them were deleted after the fic was removed. Several of them were blogs created solely to publish the fic stolen from me. It is their fault, not mine, that this is happening. Yeah. How do you feel about that? Um, I mean, I kind of understand why it's mad. Like, I I want to say I understand why they're mad, but it's not like anyone who truly read one of these copy and pasted milk fix, like, thought that that, would, that person was, like, the original author. Right. And, like, it was, it was a joke. Like, it was kind of a meme around Tumblr that, like, <laughs> okay, but also, like, what are you going to do by deleting the original fic? It's already been posted so many times over. On one hand, I get it. On the other hand, it's just like, eh, it's a joke. Yeah. But the author actually re-uploaded it in 2013 when Brendan Yuri himself found out about it and referenced it. Oh, okay. And I'm almost positive this is because people were like, have you read the milk fic? Brendan, do you know about the milk oh, fic? Milk, 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 milk. That's unfortunate. So it honestly is unfortunate because like, at least something like a heartbeat of a mouse is very sincerely written and beautiful and like a story. And the milk fic is like milk enemas. <laughs> so there's actually a vine in the time of vine that um, he's saying about the milk fic to the tune of my milkshakes bring all the boys to the yard. Great. So that goes my milk fic brings all the girls to the net and they're like, it's making me wet. Damn right. It's making you wet. You spend all time surfing on the net and then the music cuts and he just goes, I'm just kidding, but I know about it. And it is more cringy than I could ever make it. Honestly, at some point we should have known that Brendan Yuri was what he is. <laughs> you said it, girly, not me. Listen, I was a fan of his for such a long time that I feel like I have the right to say it. Oh, okay. Well, like, I have been listening to them since I was, like, a middle schooler. I My first concert was Panic at the Disco. I've been to at least three Panic at the Disco concerts. I feel like I'm a big enough fan to be like, what happened, guys? Where did we lose the plot? So, <laughs> Brendan, unfortunately, because he was bombarded with these, do you know about the milk fic? Hey, Brendan, have you read about the milk fic? He later voiced his disgust about the fanfic, and he was he's, like, been very vocal about, like, his general dislike and disgust of the milk fic. And this is, uh, because of this, the author later redacted her obsession with Brendan because he didn't like her fan fiction. I, I, of course I'm not telling you everything because it's just like, I need to get into the story more and I don't want to ruin things for you. Mm -hmm. But there's like, the uh, I don't like the author. <laughs> so like, it's very That's hard fair. for me to sympathize with them. Especially like before where I was like, Oh, yeah, like, it's just a joke. It's because I don't like them as a person that makes me not want to empathize with them. While, like, probably if it was an author who I genuinely thought was a good person, I'd be like, oh, yeah, I do feel bad for you for people, like, plagiarizing you. So, yeah, so Brendan Urie was one who was very vocal about his dislike. And I honestly, I don't blame him just from the amount of harassment that he got over it. There's, like, a he was on, like, Instagram Live or something with, I think, I think it was one of his bandmates. And, of course, he's getting all of these comments about, like, do you know about the milk fic? And his band member actually didn't know about the milk fic. So he told him about it. And it's just, like, 
I don't leave the guy alone. It's been so long. Yeah. Um, and he actually was quoted saying fans will write these borderline, not even borderline, just straight up creepy stories. And I read a couple of them and I was like, this is how you're spending your free time. This is so weird. You have to realize this is weird. It's very strange. But freedom of speech, it's a beautiful thing, I guess. Which on one hand, I want to be like, that's really mean to say about fan fiction authors. But then on the other hand, I'm like, God, you were harassed about this thing for years of your life. Yeah. He kind of unfortunately has the right to, to kind of say that. Yeah, he does. So in 2016, Gerard Way, who is um, notorious lead singer of My Chemical Romance and an individual who has become more open and respectful over fan fictions and his fans as of 2016, he read the fic on Twitter after he changed his Twitter name to Milk Friend and his profile picture to, or to a carton of milk. Which I'm not quite sure why he did that. Um, if he was doing anything, I'm not sure. But of course, people were like, hey, Gerard, what the fuck? <laughs> Are you referencing the milk fic right now? Hey, man. He then posted a series of tweets saying, some people are saying that my new identity reminds them of a fan fiction. I'm okay with that. I made peace with fanfic long ago. Enjoy your fic. Write one about me in a human centipede with Escape the Fate. I don't give a fuck. I don't even know what fic is, but honestly, how bad is it? Are we talking about a milk enema? No big deal. The fanfic gets right to the point. Absolutely no fucking around here. Milk enema like I guessed. No big. This is well written. Which, on one hand, yeah, no shit, Gerard Waywood said. This man has a piss kink. Why would a milk enema scare him? Yeah. But on the other... So him saying it's well-written is unfortunately very true. And I'm sad to say that. Damn. It's one of the points, because I did read it. And honestly, I don't think it's as bad. I will say if I read it when I was like 16 or 15, when I was super into MCR, I probably would have been way more scarred than I am. Mm -hmm. um, but 24-year-old me, who has read some strange, strange things, not that bad. So, but it is unfortunately very well written, which is like, damn, this <laughs> talent going to the waste talent. on you? Crazy. Hey, this is where the spotlight in the story shifts from the fic to the person who wrote it. And this is where I have to give you some warnings um, for sexual mm -hmm. abuse, child sexual abuse, grooming, emotional abuse, and just general abuse and manipulation and all those things. So if you do not want to listen to that, you can stop the episode right here. I gave you all the information that you need. Thank you for listening. But if you would like to stay and learn about the author of this fic and why I believe they're an awful person, here we go. <laughs> so Drusilla Ryan, the author of the milk fic, experienced a period of renewed interest in 2017 and with that gained popularity. So a Tumblr user dug into Drusilla especially when they started to take notice that she was mostly talking to and becoming friends with minors on Tumblr. Hmm. And they created a comprehensive post warning people about Drusella, including Drusella's real name, which I will not be saying. It is easily found information on the website because this person gathered all of this information because of just public records and public files. Right. But also pointed out that Drusella's birthday is May 18th, 1987, making her 30 years old as of October 5th, 2017. So she originally wrote Harry Potter smut slash fanfiction on Fiction Alley as Drusilla Ryan before migrating to Bandom, specifically Panic at the Disco. She wrote the infamous Milk Fic on her live journal, where she also used to write about how much she was in love with Brendan Urie. Back in 2007, the website MIBA was popular in Bandom. She used to talk to her followers there, knowing a majority of them were minors even becoming best friends with a 13-year-old when she was 20. She was also reportedly engaged to a 16-year-old at the time, which oh. is illegal in Nebraska, where oh. it was believed to where she was living. Oh. It gets worse, bestie. Oh. So after a while, she moved in with this 13-year-old friend, and Drusilla abused this child, forcing them to take care of Drew both financially and emotionally, and ended up committing statutory rape. In 2009, she was charged with two accounts of sexual assault of a child and one account of online soliciting of a minor. She spent a couple months in prison, and again, all of this is backed up by Drusella's mugshots and her arrest records. After she was released from prison, 
Um, this is about two years later. She developed an obsession with Panic at the Disco. And this is when she would write the infamous Milk Fic. And since no one knew about her past, they all welcomed her. And she made herself known as Tumblr Mom. Ten years later, this 13-year-old in question ended up writing a very long Tumblr post, which is now deleted, talking about her experience with Drew. And I shortened it as much as I can, but it is honestly and truthfully extremely crazy. It starts, I am 23, about to be 24 when I write this, but my encounter with Drusilla began when I was 12. I was in the eighth grade and we met on MIBA. Drew had an incredible amount of fame and notoriety. I was immediately taken with her and wanted to be her friend. Drusilla was going through a hard time because her fiance had broken up with her. During eighth grade, which would have been 2007 to 2008, Drusilla became very dependent on me. I would call her routinely just to ensure that she had not killed herself per her request. And in the ninth grade, I stopped her from killing herself on more than one occasion. The summer before I entered ninth grade, things with Drusilla took a turn. We spent countless hours on the phone talking and every so often she would put the phone down for about 20 minutes and then pick it back up again. Eventually, I asked her what she was doing. She told me that she had been masturbating. Drusilla, who was at the time 21, said she would teach me how to masturbate. I was entirely too young to understand how appropriate this was. Eventually, Drusilla asked me if I would be interested on masturbating together on the phone. Both of us were very fixated on certain members from the band that we were listening to, and I will have no problem admitting that it was unhealthy on both of our ends. We would often role play something that she started where one of us would be the band person to the other's choosing. I have come to believe that for Drusella, I was a vessel for all of her sexual and emotional fantasies. While all this was going on, I was living with my very, very elderly and sick grandmother and my father was not around. My mother passed away when I was five and my dad and grandmother fought constantly and were both extremely emotionally abusive towards me. I was depressed, suicidal and self-harming on the regular. Drusella knew that I was a chronically abused child, that I felt ugly and unloved nearly all the time. She took advantage of how young and impressionable and vulnerable I was. The masturbation on the phone and sexual role-playing continued until the spring of ninth grade when Fall Out Boy went on tour. Drusella agreed to come to Texas and see me for the first time. So the story goes on about how she had come to live with her, how she had visited her. It goes into detail about the first night they had spent together and the emotional abuse that she spent at her hands. And then eventually Drusella being kicked out of her house by her father. So after Drusella was kicked out, we had about a week long period before my dad told me that he had found out about our sexual encounters. A friend of mine from high school told their mom and she told my dad. I was still at this point trying to defend Drusella, telling my dad how much she loved me, but he insisted on going to the police Foolishly, I warned her about it. Drusella ended up spending some time in jail, but the evidence wouldn't hold up without me going into court with her. So when any of you say there wasn't even enough evidence to keep her in jail, you are slightly misinformed. I wanted to post this because I wanted people to know the truth. I know that I'm going to take heat for it. People won't believe me. They will think I'm lying. It isn't going to be pretty, but that doesn't matter. I deserve to have the truth out there and to not have to deal with misinformation about my own trauma all over the internet. And people who interact with her or have any chance of doing so have a right to know exactly what she did and how she was. These relevations, of course, were spread around to bring awareness of how of a danger Drusella was. And there were debates on whether or not to read the original fic and or to make jokes about it. Drusella did have a small fan base that would defend her against people. And currently, she is 35 years old and has been lying low ever since. Her blog has been deleted and her current whereabouts are unknown. She has allegedly popped up again on Tumblr a few times, but I have no idea if these claims are true or where she is now. So as for Tumblr, fandom activity for many of the fandom bands continued, with many fans uh, not old enough to have participated in the early waves, but there were a handful of older fans that remained. My Chemical Romance announced their reunion on October 31st, 2019, which energized their lasting fan base there and encouraged younger or newer fans to join in. In those hiatus years, we collectively realized that harassing real people over ships was not okay. So mm -hmm. Tumblr uh, became far less friendly of RPF fix, which I believe to be kind of true, mostly. I know there are people who have very strong opinions on RPF and how they're like, not okay. 
again, generally, I think they're fine. Just don't fucking harass the people about it. That seems to be a little far. Yeah. I can't stop anyone from writing what they want. And honestly, like, to me, I think it's, like, fairly normal to, like, imagine yourself with, like, your favorite band member. Right. Um, I don't think that's, like, an abnormal or, like weird thing for someone to be doing because again I've like done it too like with my favorite celebrity been like Mm -hmm. what would it be like if we just like ran into each other or like which again I think is very funny about like the Harry the not the Harry Potter the Harry Styles people being like I'm gonna go to his concert and read a book in the crowd and he'll see me and think I'm so quirky and Mm -hmm. I'm like yeah go off yeah like 100% that's exactly what my brain would also do is like I need like a that what's that decom movie that's like starstruck or something where it's like we bump into each other and he needs my help and then we fall yeah. in love mm-hmm. just because fandom kind of became a generally less rpf friendly space that didn't necessarily stop parasocial relationships as we know literary analysis including the ethical acceptableness of rpf gerard wade's gender and sexuality mcr's legacy and its social slash political meeting Gerard Way's relationships and the worry that their reunion tour is a cash grab makes up a significant portion of the platform's fandom content. Fandom accounts exist on multiple sites for fanish activities. Some might not participate on platforms like Tumblr and Twitter due to the fandom or the distaste for the platform. And RPF is still posted on io3, but Wattpad is popular with younger fans similar to Instagram. And depending on personal tastes and awareness, Fandoms who create more explicit, shippy, or NSFW art on social media will block the banned accounts of those involved to absolutely make sure that these people um, will not be able to witness the fic or the ship in any way, shape, or form. As of summer 2020, Panic at the Disco has been the subject of significant criticisms, cringe content, and controversy. Um, just the fact that it's Panic at the Disco and not just Brandon Yuri anymore. Mm-hmm is very high have you seen any of the tiktoks about people going to their recent concert yeah <laughs> yeah i've seen the it's clips kind of sad it's like incredibly sad. it's not kind of it is sad it's incredibly sad because like you'll have people busting about like their older songs um and then like his new stuff will come on which like I'm sorry, but let's be honest, his old stuff is good because Ryan Ross wrote them. And now Brendan Urie's writing them, and they're just not as good. And people are literally standing still in this crowd. Not not dancing, just standing. Standing still. In a concert hall. 21 Pilots also garnered controversy in the summer of 2020 due to Tyler Joseph falling short of supporting the Black Lives Matter movement after a poorly conceived joke in which he made light of fans wanting him to use his platform. So just like a bunch of different reasons why people have like fallen off of this bandum bandwagon, I guess, for like lots of different reasons. Obviously, like a space in which like, oh, my God, people in a rock band were sexually assaulting women. Like that's unfortunately (laughs) a, a very common thing now. Yeah. So bands that we used to super be into in like high school or you know middle school or whatever, it's just like. Oh, you were you were not doing great things at Warped Tour, huh? And it makes it hard to like write fan fiction or be in a fandom about these things, which in general is like, God, must be so difficult when you're just in like fandoms for real people because like they make one wrong move and suddenly you're like, well, it's all over. So a newer wave of bandom began sprouting among fans of relatively new pop punk slash alternative bands. Since these newer bands contain members who also grew up online and in online spaces, they know how to navigate them better. One great example is Waterpark's frontman, Austin Knight. He has a podcast with professional writer and friend of the band, Travis Riddle, called Austin and Travis's Slumber Party, where the two read Waterpark RPF consensually submitted by fans. So they're, like, into it. They, like, ask fans to write fanfiction about them. So they're doing it, like... And I think it is because they grew up online. They, like, know how to navigate it and they know how to work with it. So they're just like, I know exactly what these people are doing and I'm going to capitalize on it, which, like, good for them. Bandom won't ever be what it used to, but maybe that's for the best. Those teenagers back in 2006 are grown up now and either realize their actions were wrong or they have grown up to be annoying, harassing adults. I am hoping for more of us to fall into the first column and treat our fandom experiences, especially fandom experiences revolving around mural people like musicians and actors, much differently. 
but the damage has already been done. Beloved band members like Gerard Way and Ryan Ross have cut off all contact with their fans in social media because of the way they were treated by them at the height of bandom. And while, yes, there have still been cases of broken fourth walls, One Direction Larry's, I'm looking at you. We can only hope that by telling the stories of fandom past, we can hope to make fandom experiences better for everyone involved today. Wow. And that is my write-up of uh, Bandom. It was very interesting. I you wrote a cannot... closing paragraph and everything. I wrote a closing paragraph and everything because I was very intrigued about just the legacy of Bandom. Because, like, these were these are bands that, like, I have loved and love and might, might not have been, like, super invested in bandom but i knew they existed i knew they were there i -hmm. obviously knew the milk thing the milk fic was a thing could i tell you that the author was a fucking pedophile no that really threw me for a curve i will say yeah i wasn't expecting that when i went into my research i kind of was just expecting to like oh man my episode's gonna be really short because it's just gonna be telling you this history of bandom and then this cute little milk fic and then that's it. And then it's like, sorry, what's going on? Sorry, what happened? That's just with like Panic of the Disco. True, Like there was drama everywhere. There was drama in the My Chemical Romance fandom, drama in the Fall Out Boy fandom. Like there was drama within like all of fandom, like as a whole. And then there was drama within like each of the different subsections. So there was shit constantly happening all the time. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how you guys weren't constantly exhausted by all of it it feels like there was some new shit every other day why do you think i wasn't a part of it i understand completely like the thing is is like i don't know why i wasn't a part of it because i didn't know the drama existed i was just like you people like the things i like but eh, i don't know i'm gonna be okay over here like i could have easily found myself in bandom a hundred percent i've just never been one to ship real people together it just hasn't been in my dna i think mostly because i've always wanted them to be with me Mm, yeah i've always been wanted to like write like a a real person fan fiction x reader kind of thing instead of a ship one Mm -hmm. which again is why i write x reader fix now i'm more inclined to ship a character with myself than with another character and i think you're generally the same yeah i've just never really got into rpf and it feels like a lot of what bandom was was rpf content either with like uh, if you swear to God, if you go on YouTube right now and you look up like Ferrard, it's like fan videos put together, people like pointing out videos of like them doing something romantic or like something that's supposed to signal their relationship during like their concerts. Like it was really crazy. And like, I mean, I never did it, so I don't know, but I feel like looking back at that, it would be just like, oh my God, why? Why do we do that? Even just the one Reddit post that I had seen about like, oh, I like genuinely and truthfully thought that like Ryan Ross had cheated on his girlfriend with Brendan. And then like, I don't believe that anymore. And I cannot believe that I believed that. But like, that's just like, like, that's just like the, the mentality of all of them. It was just like a frenzied groupthink almost where you just get caught up in the tidal wave of everything. And then finally, when it spits you out, you're just like, holy shit, what did I just do? It still has an effect to this day with being like, Gerard Wade hasn't posted on Tumblr since like 2016. Like Mm -hmm. he is like cut off all access. And like Ryan Ross is completely cut off from social media in this, like completely. Like he does not, he does not interact with his fans in the slightest, which like is extremely sad where it's like, we, you could have had this like great relationship, but like it has been ruined. I think is why people might go one extreme towards like people who go too far in their parasocial relationships. Because I even saw like with Markiplier posting his OnlyFans, people going like a little feral Mm -hmm. where it's just like, stop, stop, or you're going to ruin it. And we're never going to hear from Markiplier ever again. We're only going to see from him. Like he's not going to interact with his fans anymore. Like he's not going to do fun things like this. Like obviously people see Gerard Wade, like he was doing interviews for the Umbrella Academy and obviously he's he was he's going back on tour and stuff so you see him but it's not the same like it's not like when he was interacting with fans because it's just it just got ruined because of the amount of harassment that he got for certain ships and certain fan fictions and certain theories and everything again it's just very fascinating to me how we can look at something like 
And it happened with my fanfiction.net episode of just like, how are we still acting the same? It's been it's been close to two decades. How are we still acting the same? Mm-hmm. It's very frustrating, but I don't know how how else to like change that other than just like constantly telling people this is how it was like in 2006 and we're still acting this way. You think maybe something could change, please? No. On the other hand, I also extremely want to read some of the fix, like Heart Rate of a Mouse, just because of how incredulous it became in fandom, like people getting tattoos. Mm-hmm. It must be incredible. What? Kind of the same thing for the Holy Verse, just because of Priest Gerard is very intriguing to me yeah that's fair so i see the good parts of it i see the bad parts of it but it just it just was tumblr bandom and boy oh boy i'm glad that it's not the same as it was how was tumblr bandom worse than you thought better than you thought by far worse than what i thought (laughs) i'm sorry like i knew it was pretty bad yeah but yeah that was a lot (laughs) and uh like i said i didn't even go into like other drama there was just so much of it i could have we could be talking here for like days at a time just about mm. the stuff that has gone on and the drama that's gone on because of tumblr bandom and how it's just like archived in history now because it's just all saved onto tumblr thank you for listening to another episode of canonically incorrect you can follow us on twitter and tiktok and instagram and tumblr you can send us your fan fiction recommendations or if you're a fan fiction author that would like to be on our show email us at canonically at gmail.com if you would like to support us you can donate a one-time donation at ko-fi.com slash canonically incorrect <laughs> you can subscribe to our patreon monthly at patreon.com slash canonically incorrect thank you to our patreons at tumnal river and riley c for your continued support donate to 3 and we'll see you guys next time bye, bye.